Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Welcome to the TARDIS. Today we are on Ravnica. As the Planeswalker sparks go through, that's actually the spinning... It's the only thing we can think of that was related somehow to planeswalking, okay? Yeah, it's actually, it's true. You know, planeswalkers are like the Doctor Who himself, uh, or herself. Uh, but with all that being said, hey everyone, how's it going? You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. So, War of the Spark. Is here. Almost, almost here. The war has arrived. The set has a bajillion cards to talk about. This is one of the crazier sets that's ever released while we've been doing the show. Yes, by far, I would say this is the craziest set we've ever seen. Yeah. Just in terms of effect to Commander, because we have 20, 36 Planeswalkers. 37, walkers. actually. 37, right. 37 Planeswalkers. I should know this. I did the panel. So we laid out all the cards like we normally do. We go to a set review, and we're like, okay, which cards are we going to talk about? And we looked at the stack of cards. Um, we have the cards because of Game Nights. And we were like, this is like twice as many cards as we normally cover on a set review. And set review shows are always long anyway. So what we decided to do is split it up into two parts. Yep. And on this episode, one episode, we're just going to talk about the Planeswalkers in the set. So this is the Planeswalker review for War of the Spark. All of them. And if you want to buy Planeswalkers or cards that affect Planeswalkers, make sure you check out our sponsor and support the show by going to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's our affiliate link. There's a lot of cards that affect this set uh proliferate is a big mechanic uh we also have cars of course like doubling season uh contagion engine's a good one just atraxa these are cards you may want to grab sooner rather than later it's probably yeah. a little too late to get the best deal but it's going to get worse from well, here there's that, that that fish that comes in that doubles the counters as well deep glow skate deep glow skate yeah, yeah there's a lot of cards that definitely affect planeswalkers yeah so if you want any of those cards you're going to get excited about these planeswalkers you're going to put them in your deck go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone again use that affiliate link 
And also, once you get all that stuff, you want to protect it, you want it to look cool, you want it to impress your friends on the battlefield, Yeah. stick that stuff into Ultra Pro sleeves, Eclipse sleeves, you can get the guild theme sleeves, they're going to have the War of the Spark theme stuff. They have awesome playmats. We have Liliana also, and Chandra repping us today. Yeah, that's the cool uh, stained glass window from the first trailer, uh-huh. and this is Liliana from the second trailer before she, you know, her face catches on fire. Doesn't feel so good. <laughs> uh, Ultra Pro makes awesome stuff and really will spice up your battlefield. And finally... The last way to support the show is directly. If you go to patreon.com slash command zone, you get all kinds of awesome rewards. Like you get to watch game nights before anybody else. Also, you get to chat with Jimmy and I on a daily basis on our Discord server. Available to certain tiers. And we answer questions. We're currently, uh, a lot of people are brewing feather decks up in there. We had to create an entire feather channel on our Discord (laughs) because people are so excited about it. Yeah. And there's, I saw saw a dinosaur tribal feather. So I'm excited to see what people brew up in there. I've actually been uh, ordering cards for the feather deck. Me too. Foils. Had a big package arrive from card kingdom just yesterday foils as well because all those foils are like 99 cents yeah and they've been printed like a thousand <laughs> times for a lot of the comments so this is a gr- i think this could be one of the best sort of uh low budget decks you could ask for but anyway the discord server has helped me find some cards i'm like oh i didn't think of that yeah Add that to the cart absolutely we also call out one lucky patron every single episode and uh, this episode is dedicated to timothy, timothy howard. howard timothy you rock you rock Timothy's got one of those cool two first names names. It's a superhero name, as I like to say. Um, Okay. Main topic. War of the Spark Planeswalker review. We're only going to be talking about the Planeswalkers from the set on this episode. Mm -hmm. But there are two new mechanics in the set, and they do kind of come up. So we're just going to go over them really quick. There's one new mechanic, sorry, and one returning mechanic. So the new mechanic is a mass. A mass. So it'll be a mass and then a number. And then it'll say, put that many plus one, plus one counters on an army you control. That many being the number. So if it's a mm-hmm. mass two, you'd put two plus one, plus one counters on an army you control. Which is a creature type. Yeah. So if you don't control a creature... Um, that is an army. That is an army. Or sorry, if you don't control one, which yeah. means an army creature, you create a zero, zero black zombie army creature token first. So it's a little confusing, but the way it works is, let's say you amass two and you have nothing else on the battlefield. You'll create a zero zero zombie army creature token and put two plus one plus one counters on it, so you get a two two. Yep. However, if you mass now again, let's say you play another card and it says a mass three, but you still have that two two zombie army creature token from before, the three counters have to go on that thing, and now it's a five five. Yep. So it's an army in that it's growing bigger, but not out wider. Side, wider. Yeah. It's, so it's weird. Let's be honest. To me, an army is a lot of yeah soldiers. This is more like creating one big thing. I think it's represented by the token, the counters on it. Uh, uh, So it's interesting. I think that's something they built probably for standard. They didn't want to make, you know, they didn't want to flood the board. Um, Yeah. So. Well, and they wanted to make it different, not just like another, there's a million like, make Make a lot of tokens thing. thing. I I don't love the, the name army on it. It just throws me, but fine. The mechanic basically is like, keep piling counters onto this one thing. And if that died and you amassed again, you just start over. Should be a mass of anything, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the returning mechanic is very important, and Jimmy alluded to it e- earlier. It's proliferate. There's a lot of proliferate going on in the set. Proliferate is a mechanic that just says anything that's got a counter on it out there, you can choose to put another counter on it. That's your stuff, your friend's stuff, players' experience counters, yep. negative one counters, you can put another one. Loyalty counters is the big one, of course, because of Planeswalkers. So proliferate is a very important mechanic. And the uh, wording has changed slightly as well. So just make sure there'll be the rules text explanation on every card. Just read the card and it'll tell you what it does. Okay, so 
there's an interesting thing going on in the set um, because they've they've opened up a lot of new design space for planeswalkers, and that's specifically because they are including a planeswalker in every pack in the same way that Dominaria had a legendary creature in every pack, which means planeswalkers are now possible to be opened at uncommon. And as a result, they've had to sort of tweak the design of how planeswalkers work. And we're I actually like this a lot better, honestly, than like every planeswalker being able to plus up and having an ultimate yeah. and blah 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 because. Now planeswalkers they have static abilities, mm-hmm. kind of so like enchantments. living enchantments. Right? Yeah, they don't um, they don't all have multiple activated abilities. Some of them only have one. They don't even all have pluses. Mm-hmm. Some of them only have minuses. Some of them only have two, a plus and a minus, and no ultimate. Uh, and a lot of them have higher starting loyalty as a result. Uh, Kiora, who we'll talk about later, comes in with is a three mana planeswalker comes in with seven loyalty. Yeah, so. It's a really interesting dynamic they've been able to create. Um, but I do like this idea that planeswalkers come out and they give you an advantage, but it's not going to be an advantage from now until the end of time, right? They're going to, yeah. a lot of them are like five loyalty, have a negative two, and nothing else. So you can use that ability twice, and then, you know, their static ability will stick around. But it's not like, hey, if that planeswalker lives, you'll just lose to it. Yeah, and the static ability is nice too because it works almost like a temporary enchantment. It's something that you can choose whether or not you want it to go away in combat. So it may not actually elongate a game if it's if the Planeswalker can no longer use their abilities or let's say the pro- player doesn't have any proliferate or ways to increase the, the loyalty counters. So it's almost like an artifact or an enchantment you put out that has charge counters on it and you remove charge counters to do something, except in this case, you can actually get rid of that enchantment artifact with a creature attacking it. Yeah, they're enchantments that can be attacked. They're kind of like enchantment sagas that can be attacked. Yeah, I actually like this design a lot more because it does not encourage you to shield the Planeswalker necessarily and just keep ticking it up and try to get to an ultimate, which a lot of Super Friends decks do. And I think the card as a result is it's a little more specific in that sometimes it cares only about creatures or certain things you do. But I think it's going to be able to fit into a lot more decks and also give a lot of players a lot more options to make their decks more powerful in certain ways. There are, of course, still Planeswalkers that are designed like the old Planeswalkers. So there are some that have ultimates, have multiple abilities and whatnot. They're not not doing that at all. Yep. But a lot of these are not that. Okay, so we're going to run down the list here and just talk about each one and, you know, what, what kind of decks we think they'll show, go in and whatnot. Yeah. We're going to review it. So the first one is Karn, the great creator. Karn has returned. He is, again, four mana. This time he comes out with five loyalty. And his static ability is activated abilities of artifacts your opponent's control can't be activated. Nuts. That's already stony silence, but only for your opponents. opponents. Yeah. That part of it is really brutal. And if you've ever played against stony silence, no mana rocks work. No mana rocks. Sorry. But yours do in Karn, the great creator. That's kind of already... That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And he has a plus one. Again, so you'll find that the rare and above cards have plus ones for the most part. And have pluses all... and minus. They have two like, abilities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's plus one. Until your next turn, up to one target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness, each equal to its converted mana cost. So if it was a four mana creature, it would become a four four. And his minus two, you may choose an artifact card you own from outside the game or in exile, reveal that card and put it into your hand. So outside the game usually refers to sideboards. Yeah, it's a wish card. There's been a lot of wish cards that kind of let you go get things out of the game. There's a sponsor of Ulamog. Is that another one that lets you get Eldrazi from outside the game? Yes. Okay, there's something we should say because the obvious combo with Karn, and you'll notice this card spiked in price heavily like a, a week ago or a week and a half ago when Karn was spoiled, is Mycosynth Lattice, which turns all permanents in play into artifacts, mm-hmm. which means with Karn out, your opponents can't tap their lands for mana because they're artifacts. artifacts. 
Uh, so that combo right there, pretty brutal. And combined with the fact that Karn has a negative two that could let you go pull Mycosynth Lattice in from outside the game, a lot of people were like, oh. Or if you exile it too, right? If it got exiled somehow. Um, but the wish part of it, I just want to I want to clarify here. So technically wish cards, cards that find cards from outside the game are not legal in Commander. There's a rule, rule 13. The default ruling is that there's no sideboards in Commander, mm -hmm. therefore wish cards do not work. I'm using wish cards to mean cutting card, wish and the cards that grab stuff from sponsor outside Ulamog the game. and now Karn, other things like that. Yeah, the, it, it says in the ru official rules that you need to discuss with your playgroup. So yeah. that Mycosynth lattice thing with Karn default does not work. Now, if your playgroup discusses it and allows wish cards to work, however they want to, they're allowed to. Just like anything. Usually usually before starting a game, I'll hear someone say, I have a sideboard, is that okay? And people will be like, sure, man, do whatever you want. Yeah. Although I would say if someone's going to go fetch Mycosynth Lattice with, with Karn, Karn. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe you know, I might not be as cool with that. It just depends <laughs> on the power level of your playgroup. If it's CADH or something, that might be fine. Yeah. But I just want you to know that everybody out there, that default, wish cards don't work. So you By the way, Planeswalkers as commanders, not with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> It's well, again, and, and, and a lot of people want Planeswalkers to be commanders. We're not going to go into that really murky uh, argument here on the show. But, again, that's the thing with your playgroup. Same as wish cards. You can just, yeah, you know, you can just make you it can do whatever you want. want. So uh, Karn does seem pretty good just from the ability to shut off your opponent's artifacts. A lot of times, if you've ever seen a Stony Silence hit the table, it shuts down a lot of decks. Yeah. Or at least, like, slows them down so much because they're counting on their Soul Rings and Mana Crypts and Grim Monoliths and everything to work. Now they do nothing. And those cards basically were just cards wasted by them until they get rid of the thing. Mm -hmm. All right. The next Planeswalker is Ugin the Ineffable. Six generic mana for a legendary Ugin. Comes in with four loyalty. Weak. The static ability is colorless spells you cast cost two generic mana less to cast. Very nice. Super nice. Yeah. Anything that's two CMC, like a signet or something, just free. Yeah. That's kind of nuts. Great in Ashland's Kozilek deck, obviously. Yep. Uh... And then its plus one is exile the top card of your library face down and look at it. Create a 2-2 colorless spirit creature token. When that token leaves the battlefield, put the exiled card into your hand. It's kind of like morph slash manifest-esque, but you are drawing the card and it's not liable to die on the battlefield. It doesn't mean you can, if it's a creature, you can't transform it. But this you can't is, flip it up. Yeah, yeah. but this is, this is great. Uh yeah, creates a token, and if the token leaves the battlefield, so there's not really a lot of great ways around it. I guess you can um, you can enchant it somehow or something, like pacify know, it or whatever. It. I mean, that card is steal probably it, yeah. going into your hand at some point if you're playing this. And then the negative three ability for Ugin is destroy target permanent that's one or more colors. That's pretty good. So it keeps him at one, and it'll allow him to take up after that. Uh, six mana destroy one thing is pretty good it's seven mana instant speed exile is what uh colorless has i think the plus one is cooler but the most important part is the mana reduction i think yeah and i think in a colorless deck you're right because they're running scour from existence and those they're already yeah. running like inefficient ways to destroy stuff because they have to because they'll they probably also get ugin out really early because they all they do is run is mana rocks and colorless true and then you play them and dump the rest of your mana rocks and colorless stuff out because it's all too less yeah uh but six mana for four loyalty he's very very vulnerable mm -hmm. so i think i mean you it, do get a blocker with the plus yeah. one if you have astronaut's altar you can really convert those into mana and cards um but six mana is a pretty high, steep price for him 
Yeah, I think like he's fair. He's fine. I don't think amazing yeah. or anything. It is cool that it's colorless spells and not just creatures or True. just Eldrazi, as we've seen uh, sort of been the pattern in the past. Here's a card that's going to destroy standard. Gideon Blackblade. One white white for a four loyalty planeswalker. Look at this static ability. It's like half the box. Yeah. As long as it's your turn, Gideon Blackblade is a 4-4 human soldier creature with indestructible that's still a planeswalker. Prevent all damage that will be dealt to Gideon Blackblade during your turn. So he's just always a 4-4 on your turn. You don't need to use an ability now to turn him into one. Up to one, and he's plus one, up to one other target creature you control gains your choice of Vigilance, Lifelink, or Indestructible until end of turn. Oof. And then his minus six, so he'd have to plus two, plus one twice, is Exile Target Narland Permanent. You really have to do it three times to to keep him to around. Keep him yeah. around but, yeah. but you know, per, during your turn, he takes no damage, and he's all you know. He's 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 a beefy boy. He's a three mana four four, uh, indestructible, indestructible basically. That also makes something else indestructible vigilance or vigilance or, or lifelink, lifelink. I mean, which is so applicable if you need to gain life against him on a red deck. At, this is a three mana creature in if, standard. In standard, sorry. Uh, in commander. In commander, uh, it's just not probably enough. There are certain decks that are running like, uh, you know, like Firesong and Sunspeaker or yeah. maybe like Sergo Helm Smasher that are like the my creatures don't take damage. I'm going to Blasphemous Act everybody type of deal. Although, does that work with Gideon? He's eh. prevent all damage that would be dealt to. Yeah, it does. During it's not turn, just yeah. combat damage. Well, that's yeah. what Zergo does too, right? Which is like Earthquake during your turn, destroy everybody else's creatures, yours live. He fits in that kind of shell. I don't think he's amazing. I could, I could see Audric decks wanting to do something with this too. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. Because you, you can choose the ability to give to your other creatures with his That's true, one. and so, then everybody gets lifelink or yeah. whatnot. Um, okay, the next one is Teo, the shield mage. Two and a white for a legendary Teo. Five loyalty. Our first uncommon. Yep. So it says you have hexproof. That's the static ability. So you cannot get lightning bolted, targeted by a card that says target player discards, target player loses Can't X get life. Mind twisted, mind yeah. twisted yeah. settle the wreckage type stuff doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, target player, you. yeah. Also, it has a negative ability. It's negative two. So you can do this twice because it comes in with five loyalty, and then it'll be at one just sitting there giving you hexproof. There's no way to plus. So unless you proliferated, this thing mm. is just going to go down to one at some point and just sit there. It's negative two is create a zero three white wall creature token with defender. Arcades? Three mana for you have hexproof. You always have to look at these cards as though they're just enchantments. Uh, and two and a, two and a white for you have hexproof isn't amazing, but again, some metas you will need that. There are a lot of spells that just end games and end players by just targeting them and doing one explosive thing to them. True. I, I think like in Arcades, it's actually pretty good too. Gives mm-hmm. you hexproof, makes an O three. That's really a three three because you can attack with it. Yeah, on, on, on turn three. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. Yep, it's good. It will draw you a card too, right? Arcades is when it enters the battlefield, right. or is when you cast. I think it's in the battlefield. I hope so, but if we're incorrect about that, I apologize. Oh, this one has uh, created a lot of discussion. Yeah. Not because of what it does, but let's still read what it it's does. It's Emrakul, the Aeon's Torn. Just kidding. It's the Wanderer, three and a white for a five loyalty Planeswalker, and it just says Legendary Planeswalker. It doesn't have the dash or say what it is. It's clearly a hidden identity of something because yeah. it's like a a person with their head down with a hat like yeah, the hairs I, in the I face i believe it's a lady yeah uh and it's uh, the static ability is prevent all non-combat damage that will be dealt to you and other permanents you control so burn all that stuff uh timmed out it wouldn't also happen. protects your planeswalker and oh, planes, no. other permanents yeah yeah so nobody could burn like your planeswalkers they'd have to attack them right and uh the wanderer's minus two is exile target creature with power four or greater so again it's something you can use twice before it goes down to one loyalty uh that part it can be relevant um i think the prevent all non-combat 
damage creature uh, to you or other permanents you control. It's pretty cool. It's the same thing, right? It can go in Fire Song and Sunspeaker. If you're going to Blasphemous Act, you're right. going to you're going to uh, Earthquake that kind of stuff. It's pretty good. The negative two, like there's big creatures running around. There's yeah, Eldrazi and stuff that Oftentimes, exiles them. Yeah, four mana to exile. We've seen this before in the Law of Standard or Law of Limited, which is four mana exile a creature or destroy a target creature with power four or greater. So I mean, this will be relevant, but I I don't think that's amazing. But it's a it's, you could call the single target removal with up. Is it worth it if you do that though, and you stick around with the prevent all non combat damage to your stuff? I think so. Yeah, it because might be that might be the thing that kills it, right? Yeah. So. Um, so let's get into the discussion though, because the Wanderer's identity is currently unknown. Right. But a lot of people have thrown on a lot of a lot of theories. Emrakul's one, Ugin was one, which we kind of know it isn't because we just talked about the talked Ugin. about Ugin. But originally, yeah. somebody's uh, Elspeth's a big one. A El- lot of people have thrown I around. I really hope it's Elspeth. There's one of the um, Umazawas that uh-huh. people have theorized because one of them like walks through doors or portals and there's a door in the background here uh you know, guys there are doors everywhere just to let you know they're this like is the key master from matrix or whatever yeah, though, yeah, right yeah, like yeah. Uh, just make a door um so some who, players, who do you think it is? well mark rosewater on april 1st tweeted the wanderer is the player <laughs> <laughs> it's you um i i kind of like the emerald theory just because a lot of the art lines up with what if you look at um temple of the false god i think it's one of the or forsaken gods. forsaken gods yeah, yeah. you can see the emerald esque statue in the middle and, and emrakul is a woman yeah and it shares like the shoulder plate and like parts of the the wardrobe and stuff so i, I kind of like that idea just that emrakul somehow transported her spirit into a human or a wanderer you know what have you what about you i don't think emrakul would be white though right <laughs> like true, true. Seem like, but you well, never know you know she was trapped in the moon I, i'm hoping the it's elspeth but it seems unlikely but the ability is very elspeth yeah I, the f- power four or greater i hope it's elspeth actually just because i i I wish there was a new Elspeth. Yeah, because Elspeth is awesome. And, uh, that she's way they can of, start making Elspeths again. She's kind of dead. I feel like we're going to go back to Theros and we're going to get her back. Uh, yeah, so, if we go back to Theros, we will. It wasn't right. a very popular plane, though, so that's I think that's actually a bit risque. All right, the next planeswalker is Jace, the Jace of the set. Wielder Jace. of Mysteries. Costs one blue, blue, blue. So four mana total, same cost as Cryptic Commands. Comes in with four loyalty. The static ability is if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. So Laboratory Maniac, which is already this a card. I think big win condition in CEDH and yes. EDH. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's played enough EDH has lost to Laboratory Maniac a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a win condition for a lot of decks. So just that would probably be playable already Four man as like a second yeah. Lab Maniac that's a little bit harder to remove sometimes. Yeah. Has a plus one. Target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Could be you. Draw a card. Ooh. So that right there, actually, I think is that takes subtly very po- powerful because right now Laboratory Maniac doesn't actually give you the means to Ooh, put win. the final nail in the coffin as far as like you play it, then you have to ne- you either need another card or you need to last to your next uh, draw step to go to draw a card. So mm-hmm. Lab Man doesn't put the two things together. Jace, you could play when you have zero cards in library and then plus and win. Yeah. Not to mention milling uh, is probably going to be pretty good in a deck that has Lab Maniac because blue has a lot of flashback. And then Jace has a negative eight. Again, has a plus one, comes in with four. So it's going to take some work to get here. Negative eight is draw seven cards. Then if your library has no cards in it, you win the game. So now you don't even need to go to draw that last card. Mm-hmm. You just need to have zero cards in it when you negative eight. I think it's yeah. way more likely you're just going to play this when you already have no cards in library and plus one. Or even have one card, two cards in your library because you'll mill them. Oh, that's them. true. Yeah. You can mill them. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm sure CEDH players with Laboratory Maniac as a win condition in their deck, and there are many a zombie decks and things like that yeah. are probably like, yep, I could use another copy and one that's harder to remove. And it has upside. The milling yourself to draw a card is great. Yep. It's just good. True. You can just play it and you're at least even on cards. Yeah. And if you're even and to kill it right away. And maybe put something in the graveyard you want. It is, is harder to cast than Lab Maniac. So blue, blue, blue is a thing. Yeah. So that's got to be weighed, but it does seem very powerful in the right deck. I don't think CEDH players will have a problem with that though. Next up, we've got Kazmina, Enigmatic Mentor. Three and a blue for a five loyalty planeswalker. Static ability is spells. Your opponents cast that target a creature or planeswalker you control. Cost two more to cast. And the minus two is create a 2-2 blue wizard creature token. Draw a card, then discard a card. So it's asking you to loot. And it makes a wizard. Yeah. Which could so be a thing. You could do it twice. Um, now, this is a four mana planeswalker. It makes spells slightly more expensive to target your stuff, which I don't think is very relevant in Commander. And then four man to just make a creature and loot doesn't seem great. I'd rather just play Merfolk Looter. Yeah, although if it's Wizard Travel, a zombie or something like that might want a card like this to mm. sort of pseudo-protect your stuff, and that thing can draw cards. I would say for four mana, just because you can get such better rates on the looting part of it, uh, I would call this like 80% of drawing a card, of, of the loot effect. Not even like, well, you get a 2-2. You get 2-2, two, two, yeah. So the 2-2 is worth some amount of a card, but it's probably not like in Commander, like what we call a full card. you you yeah. got to be in Wizard Tribal or... Well, I don't know. The, 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 it is you, also worth something that, that like it costs more to target your stuff. It's just not it's not worth a lot, but it's worth yeah. something. Yeah, it's it's more of like a small hindrance, I think. Yeah. If something needs to get removed, it's going to get removed. I mean, but once you put this with like Grand Arbiter, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Staxi type stuff, I don't know. It's 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 fringy, but there are certain decks that I think will want this. Yeah. And again, if you're just looking for budget options in a deck and you want a card that has repeatable value, a card like Kazmian is great. All right, the next one is Narset, Parter of Veils. I'm surprised this was an uncommon because we see a lot of the sort of the, the main characters as rares, but Narset, uncommon. Yep. One blue blue for a five loyalty planeswalker says each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Now that's powerful. We've seen that is powerful enough to get a card banned. Yeah. So Leovold's text was similar. Oh, I had other stuff, obviously, but like if you wheel of fortune or any wheel effect windfall or whatever, oh gosh, then other players only draw one card because mm-hmm. um, it's each opponent. Teferi's puzzle box is very, very bad with this because they basically get rid of their entire hand and only have one card at the end of it. There's a lot of stuff. So Narset does all that Leovold stuff that people didn't like. It's also very good and limited because so many cards draw cards like these Planeswalkers as we've seen. Um, the negative two is look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non-creature, non-land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put mm-hmm. the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Again, she comes in with five loyalty, so you can do that twice, and then she'll sit there at negative one. Uh, this is just a very powered-down version of Narset Enlightened Master, right? Yeah. You look at four cards still, but you only pick one, and you put it in your hand. You don't cast it. Uh, seems fine. I mean, obviously, if you go Narset to Fairy's Puzzle Box, you're probably, like, in the same turn, like, good chance you're going to win that game if nobody stops it because they're going to just <laughs> have no cards. Or even if you just go Narset, you know, Windfall. Yeah. By the way, uh, three of the Planeswalkers we've talked so far have been drawn by Magali Villeneuve, and the art is they're amazing. sweet. Yeah. Super sweet. Okay, we're moving on to Black now, and we have... I can't really read it. It's... <laughs> da- Dav... Davriel, Rogue Shadow Mage. Jimmy's making a joke because the art covers the front part of the name, which was an interesting choice. It's a choice. Two in the black for three loyalty planeswalker. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if that player has one or fewer cards in hand, Davriel, Rogue Shadow Mage, deals two damage to them. Okay. Get shacked up. 
It's time. <laughs> you know what I'm referencing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> target pl- and his minus one is target player discards a card. This is not good. Uh, I think the um, maybe the whole covering up of his name is like kind of part of the the theme of what this card is doing by making you discard cards, obscuring your vision. Oh, uh, that's giving a lot of credit, but sure. You know, you gotta make <laughs> make it up sometimes. You gotta make lemonade sometimes. Yeah, if a player has one or fewer cards in hand, I, I, that's pretty rare in, in Commander, so I, I don't see this getting too much play. But the minus one is you know target player discards a card you could always choose yourself if you need more discard outlets in commander that has wow. access to 25 was, years of magic you must really need them that seems uh, stone unplayable to me yeah yeah i don't think that card well well everything's playable josh nah, no just not nope, everything's not useful. that one I'm, I'm staking my claim right now <laughs> all right uh the next one is a mythic planeswalker and one of the headliners of the set the star of the trailer it's liliana Dreadhorde General. I think this card's great. Four black black, six mana total for a six loyalty planeswalker. Her static ability is whenever a creature you control dies, draw a card. So those are cards people would already play. Mm -hmm. Just like your creatures when they die, aristocrat style or whatever, draw cards. Very good. Her plus one is you create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Also, notice her static ability doesn't say whenever a non-token creature you control dies, which a lot of these do. Yeah. So the zombies that you create, if they die, you'll draw cards. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Her negative four, each player sacrifices two creatures. Including yourself. By the way, you draw cards for the creatures you sacrifice, and she comes in with six loyalty, so she'll still have two left. There's a good chance you have something on the board at that point to sacrifice with her, hopefully. Or if you don't, everybody else is just sacrificing two creatures mm-hmm. and you're not. Well, double edict is actually, I think, way better than single edict. Yeah. Um, her negative nine, her ultimate, so you'd have to plus her three times to get here. Each opponent chooses a permanent they control of each permanent type and sacrifices the rest. Notice it does not say non-land permanent. So they yeah. will have one land at the end of this. Their best land, but still you probably win in that case. This is one of those ones, too, that... Can doubling season to the ultimate. Yeah, and it's each opponent. doesn't include yourself, but her minus four does include yourself. So, again, if you have a deck that's making tokens, if you have a deck that wants to use creatures as fodder, I think this is pretty good. If it has deep glow skate in it, if it has doubling season in it, yeah, it's one of those... Ult- like, we always say, like, this is an, not an ultimate that just wins the game. This is an ultimate that probably just wins probably, the game. Probably, unless yeah. what they're left behind was is, like, some... I don't know. Generally, one-sided Armagedons tend to win you the game. Yeah. Yeah. So I would play this card in decks that wanted to sacrifice stuff. Good job, Liliana. Or just Super Friends decks. I think it tracks the Super Friends that deck goes in it, right? Because proliferate. And you're not going to have creatures to sacrifice, so everyone else is edicting twice. That's actually pretty good. Obnixilis is back. Now he's hate-twisted and looks like he's all armored up, too. Three, a black and a black. He hit the gym. He, dude, this guy's been hitting the gym since he's been unleashed. Every single time you see him, he just he's gets angrier buff. and buffer. Yeah, more defined. Although, I think he's been skipping leg day. What do you think? Well, he's got wings, so he doesn't need them as bad. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> he's a five-loyalty right. planeswalker. Whenever an opponent draws a card, Obnixilis the Hate Twisted deals one damage to that player. Hey, Josh. Yeah. Nekusar. Nekusar. Underworld Dreams. Another Nekusar-esque ability. However, his minus two, destroy target creature, its controller draws two cards. So the the thing is you're destroying a creature and making a player draw two cards and they're taking two damage. But they get two cards. Yeah, they get two cards. I think you're doing this to yourself, if anything. Um, Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe this goes well with Liliana. I mean, sometimes the creature's so bad you kind of have to do it, but in general, like, I I don't like two cards. Why not one? Like, if they had to draw one card, boy, two is so many. I mean, this guy is uncommon, so I, I guess they couldn't push the power level too hard. But you could see where it could have gone, right? There's, I like when people do 
common rare uncommon versions of like a mythic and they show what it looks like tiered down this is definitely i think the uncommon version i wish that the ability was a little weaker so the mana cost could come down because i think five mana for that first ability is too much for the nekuzar decks yeah yeah but they do would like it if it was like three mana and his plus or minus ability was just kind of more innocuous yeah as it is i just think you don't want that ability and then it's too much I mean, you don't want the uh, activated ability, and it's too much mana for the static ability, so mm -hmm. probably not that great. All right, the next one is your playmat, Jimmy. It's Chandra, Yay. Fire Artisan. She's two red red for four loyalty Planeswalker. Is it? There it is. <laughs> we should do those poses on the Game Nights thumbnail at some point. Oh, yeah. Just that, a bunch just... of Planeswalker poses, yeah. <laughs> Whenever one or more loyalty counters are removed from Chandra, she deals that much damage to target opponent or Planeswalker. So only when you take away loyalty mm -hmm. counters... Her plus one is you exile the top card of your library. You may play this card, that card this turn. So Impulsive she, draw? Yep. She outpost sieges a card. Her negative seven, which remember, this would also do seven damage to target opponent or planeswalker when you activated this. Negative seven, exile the top seven cards of your library. You may play them this turn. You have to plus Not her three. free, though. Yeah, you don't get to play them without playing their mana cost. So really, realistically, her ultimate, quote-unquote, is look at seven, play yeah. two of them, maybe? I kind of wish it... I think... I wish it was... I wish it was you can play them forever. I think that would have been more appropriate for an ultimate, right? You get those seven cards just on the side. You can play them at any time. But you still have to pay their mana cost. Yeah, it was kind of like... Um, uh, what's the black-red enchantment from Ravnica Legion? Theater of Horrors Theater a little of Horrors, bit. Theater of Horrors, yeah. Where, like... Or, it was in the last game nights. Or why doesn't it say when you add a loyalty counter to her, you can deal one damage to target opponent or planeswalker? That would be a lot better. You could ping something. Yeah. And then when you proliferate, you could ping stuff. I guess it's when she gets attacked. Yeah, I guess so. So it, like, hurts you to attack but it, her. But it can't hit the creature. Yeah. It would be cool if... <laughs> yeah, I just... This card, it, it seems pretty bad because it's probably just going to, like, pseudo-draw you... Well, why wouldn't you just play Outpost Siege? Because it's much harder to remove than yep. Chandra. And, yeah, sure, you're going to... You know, I, I think it is wrong that... Mm, it's not wrong, sorry. I think it's weird that it doesn't affect a creature when the loyalty counters are taken off. Because what Chandra just... fireball stuff. She's just blasting people to the face instead. Yeah. She's like, she, screw your creatures. I'm going for your face. Yeah, I'd be like, no, that goblin that's about to smack me. I'll kill, <laughs> I'll burn that thing. Yeah. Nah, she wants to go yeah. for the money maker. This doesn't seem very good, unfortunately. I, I, I wish it was, but it's not. Chandra has a much better four mana version. Yeah. Bit better. All right, next up we have Jaya, venerated fire mage, another uh, legendary planeswalker from the red side of things. Four and a red for a five loyalty planeswalker. She's an uncommon. Static ability is if another red source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals that much damage plus one to that permanent or player instead. This would affect Chandra immediately. Mm -hmm. Her minus two, Jaya, deals two damage to any target. So five mana to do two damage. Twice, is, maybe. Yeah, and, it, and she doesn't affect herself, but she boosts up other red things that you'd use to deal damage. So, not great. Um, this will come down as a five mana, probably remove a creature on the battlefield. Maybe. Something. I mean, Oracle of Moldai, I always say, is a two-two. True, so true, true. There is, it there, probably gets rid of something. It gets rid of something, but for five mana, uh, and it only deals that damage plus one with her other abilities. So it's not and like she doesn't affect herself, it. so it's not like she does three. Yeah, so I think this is highly mediocre unfortunately too the the mana cost is too high it's not pushed yeah, enough. yeah. i'm gonna be ageist and it's because jaya is aging up and she's just not as powerful as perhaps she used to be more wise but maybe not as powerful she might be more powerful look at her 
I don't know. Well, I, I like the idea that in her wisdom, she can affect other people around her. Right, but right. But her herself doesn't do... She can, do, like, impart her wisdom to Yeah, but yeah. she herself is doing as much damage. All right, the next one is... We're still mono-red here. Sarkin the Masterless. Three red-red for a five-loyalty Planeswalker. Whenever a creature attacks you or a Planeswalker you control, each dragon you control deals one damage to that creature. You know, Sarkin, just always on brand. Always. Yeah. Just yeah. dragon, 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 dragon. He refuses to not be on brand. I'm it, pretty sure he's like Groot, whereas if you talk to Sarkin, he just only says dragon. Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sarkin, uh, you were, what's going on? You like time traveled? Dragon. dragon? <laughs> well, where'd you go? Dragon. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was Tarkir, but did, it, did you, how did you even get here? Dragon. Oh, you didn't fly like on the Planeswalker Spark like everyone else? Dragon. Yep. Okay. You dragged in. <laughs> it was a dragon. <laughs> um, if those dragons were red and you had Jaya out, would they deal the one additional damage? They would. They're a okay. red source that you control. Okay. So all the red Planeswalkers work well together. Maybe you open all of them. Sarkin's plus one is, this one's interesting. Until end of turn, each Planeswalker you control becomes a 4-4 red dragon creature and gains flying. God, he's so on brand. He turns all your planeswalkers into dragons. That's actually a win condition. Yeah, the other planeswalkers are like, Sarkin, how do we defeat our enemies? Dragon. <laughs> They're like, wait, what? Oh, oh, gosh, we're flying. Do they still have their They still have their abilities, right? It doesn't say they lose their, all their abilities. Yeah, they just become a 4-4 dragon creature. So With can flying. creatures use loyalty abilities? Why not? I guess so. So you could still do the other things that. Well, I mean, you probably you would, if you couldn't, then you would just do them before you did Sarkin thing. True, right? true, true. So you're like attack, whatever, then use my abilities, or use my abilities. My just probably use your abilities then attack. Planeswalker abilities, I think, are usually the first thing you try and use every turn, just because it gives you more knowledge or loots you or does whatever. Okay, so that's an interesting plus one. At the very least, it turns Sarkin if he's the only planeswalker you've right. got into a four four dragon that you know then does stuff it doesn't give haste though so don't do it the turn this card's gonna play. be stupid and limited that's for sure the negative three is create a four four red dragon creature token with flying so he comes with five loyalty you can only do that once without any proliferate shenanigans um so he's a five he does have a four four plus though the, yeah he does have a plus so and your dragon will deal damage if someone decides to attack oh that's a really good point you go in minus he goes to two and then you have a dragon that can sit there blocking and dealing damage if they do get through yeah okay i mean I don't know. Would you even play this in like an Ur Dragon deck or something? I would play it in a Super Friends deck if I was looking for another win condition that was on the more but casual side. If you side. have five Planeswalkers on the battlefield, you're winning that game by a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, but then you could do it with dragons instead. You'd be like, my <laughs> Planeswalker super... deck killed you with dragons, not Planeswalker <laughs> Just ultimate. Just for the sick brags, okay. Yeah, I, um, okay. I, I think this is, like, this is definitely fun for a more casual environment because it is cool, right? All my Planeswalkers turned into dragons and smacked you in the air for four. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? <laughs> Dragon, see you later. Okay, next up, Tybalt. A lot of people are very happy about the Tybalt coming back. Rakish Just the fact that he exists. Just the fact that he exists. He's better than the old Tybalt. Any form that's better than the old Tybalt. Is this Tybalt playable? Let's find out. Tune red for a five loyalty planeswalker. Your opponents can't gain life. Hey, we've seen that come up actually quite a lot recently. It's, it's better than you think. It's better than you think, yeah. Uh, his minus two, create a 1-1 one, one red devil creature token with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. So it's kind of like Footlight Fiend. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, you can do it twice. It's three mana. Um, if you, seem like enough, If right? you need the red ability to make players not gain life, then here you go. Usually I think that's stuck to other colors, right? Black. Red has quite a bit of it, but black does too. I mean, yeah. what makes the enchantment versions of this so much better, and you talked about this before, it's hard to get rid of. Like, this can of. be attacked, so yeah. it's naturally more vulnerable. Tibble does make creatures. Mm. I mean, um, if you had enough token support, you know, making 
No, because then he just can't do it after a second. It's not like he keeps doing that forever. Yeah. Doesn't seem great. He's investigating. <clears throat> no, he's... I'm so sorry. He's not investigating. He's instigating. Instigating. Yeah. Instigating. He's not investigating. Because uh. that'd be awesome. He'd be making clues, and then he'd be drawing cards. Yeah. In red. Why so. can't red make clues? That would be a total way for... They don't investigate things, man. Yeah, I it's guess they just, just instigate. <laughs> instigate. Create a something. Blow it up. All right, now we're moving on to green. This next one, again, an uncommon. It's Arlen, Voice of the Pack. Costs four green green for a seven loyalty planeswalker, but it is six mana cast. Chunky. Each creature you control that's a wolf or a werewolf enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. So if it would come in with zero, it gets one. Yep. But if it would come in with however many because it's whatever it's doing, then it would just get one extra. Kind of like hardened scales a little, although hardened scales doesn't add if it's not if it's coming with zero. Yeah. Uh, negative two, so you can do this three times, is create a 2-2 two, two green wolf creature token. That will enter as three threes. So create three threes. Yeah. Three times create three threes? I mean, six mana. Well, here's the thing. If you're playing a wolf slash werewolf tribal deck, she's a girl. If you're not, You can't she's... even play this card, really. I mean, I guess standalone nine power and toughness if she doesn't die and get attacked yeah it's just over three six turns mana there yeah. are so many you know obviously incredibly powerful things you can do in it Commander. only costs one more to play zendikar resurgent yeah so i'd much rather cast zendikar resurgent that also gives all my wolves plus one plus one that's good oh wait no it doesn't no it doesn't i was thinking of marari's way well it gives all your cards plus one plus one it gives all my cards draw cards yeah yeah um yeah arlen's it's it's she's gonna be interesting for i think if you have a dedicated wolf travel deck that's the card you're gonna want to play now yeah, this probably. card i'm gonna play in every deck because it's me it looks like me it does and it has a dog specifically that looks like Kiwi, so it really... It's you and Kiwi. It's me and Kiwi. It's Jiang Yanggu, Wildcrafter. Two and a green for a three loyalty planeswalker. And he says, each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it has tap, add one mana of any color. And so Rishkar's can, ability. Yeah, and he can minus one to put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Now, this is actually, I think, a very good card. Um, you're going to find a lot of green decks have plus one, plus one counters, especially if you're playing Rishkar and all that sort of stuff. You just get a lot of extra mana out of it. And you get to see cute little Mowu in the background. So just it, big it bonus. It increases the size of your thing and its utility and so, he can immediately come in and put a plus one close encounter on a creature that creature can now tap for mana so it kind of can only cost two maybe in some instances yeah and if you were already creating plus one plus one counters you can play him let's say i already had four creatures with plus one plus one counters all of a sudden play him tap those creatures for mana do something else yep yeah i do think this one is actually pretty decent dece it's dece that's all i get <clears throat> Jimmy the Green. It's now. not actually you. It just looks like you. I know it does look like so me. So when but I if I had critique the, the card, I'm not like critiquing you. Is all you know? I will say this is the I think second or maybe the first Asian Planeswalker. They did do this. This is the the, the uh, Global Series decks. Right, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So for that, I thank you, it's Wizards, cool. for the representation. Because now if I'm looking to cosplay, I can. This is my first choice, I think. And then after that, I can kind of just do more. Jace. Jace. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> you guys have seen the Professor skit. Rouse Eric, maybe. All right, before we go into our next Planeswalker, let's take a short break for our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. And we're back with our War of the Spark Planeswalker review. What's our next card, Josh? All right, we're still in green. The next one is Nissa, who shakes the world. She is also, by the way, very on brand constantly. Yes, yeah, she she's is literally true. doing something with the world, or shaking land. it or land. Yeah, <laughs> making something happen. But still, it's still not the same level as, as Sarkin. No, like, Sar- yeah. you get the feeling Nissa can say other wor- words besides land. Yeah. Sarkin only can say the word dragon or tree. I guess <laughs> yeah. in Nissa's case, she can say Ashaya. Yeah. All right, three green, green for a five loyalty planeswalker. Her static ability. Whenever you tap a forest for mana, add an additional green. Dang. So okay. that's already good. Zendikar Resurgent, Marari's yep. Wake, Harkens to those. It it's only forest, so it's not. Forest, yeah. yeah. Um, her plus one is put three plus one plus one counters on up to one target non-creature land you control. Untap it. It becomes a zero zero elemental creature with vigilance and haste that's still a land. So she turns one of your lands into a three three and untaps it. She does protect herself in that way. Yeah. Also potentially gives you a two-mana rebate if it's a forest because it will on top the land. It's still oh, a land. Right. You can good tap point. it. Good point. Good point. So she could maybe sort of only cost t- uh, two. three. Three, yeah. Her negative eight. Again, she comes in with five loyalty, so you'd have to plus her at least three times. Um, you get an emblem with lands you control have indestructible. Search your library for any number of forest cards. Put them onto the battlefield. Tap, then shuffle your library. So wow. that's two things that happens. Um, uh, you can get there with doubling season. This isn't an auto win, but... Pretty good. From there, you're going to have a bajillion mana, and if yeah. you happen to have an Armageddon-type effect, you now are immune to that because mm-hmm. you have an emblem with your lands are indestructible, so there's nothing anybody can do to turn that off, basically. Yeah. Um, she seems good. I mean, just the mana doubling is going to make her playable. Yeah, and, and the fact that you, again, do get that rebate, so she could just cost three because you're untapping that land, and you can tap it again for two if yeah. it's a forest. Yep. Yeah, dedicated green decks obviously want this. Anytime we talk about a green planeswalker, it has access to doubling seasons, so that's always important to note. So Nessa shaking the world and maybe the EDH scene at the same time. <laughs> Shake it up. All right. Next up. 
That's the song we should shake it up. Shake it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, Vivian, Champion of the Wilds, two and a green for a four loyalty planeswalker. This art is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and just here alone, you may cast creature spells as though they had flash. So that is very good in green decks. Um, plus one until your next turn, up to one target creature gains vigilance and reach. And are minus two. Look at the top three cards of your library, exile one face down, and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. For as long as it remains exiled, you may look at that card and you may cast it as if it's a creature card. It if it's a creature card. Sorry. If it's Not, a creature yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's gonna find you creatures as well as giving some creatures vigilance and reach. And again, she gives those cards flash. So you can you can minus two to exile her and then flash out the thing that you find. So she's very good. similar to Yeva as far as like and Videlkinoria, of course, yeah. uh, giving your creatures flash. And just that ability alone is pretty powerful. As you know, we like that ability here on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that she gives you some card advantage is good. She doesn't directly protect herself. You have to have another creature. Even then, just gives it two abilities that may or may not even matter. But yeah. come out, draw a couple cards, give your stuff flash for a little while. It's not bad. Yeah, especially for three mana. It's a pretty mm -hmm. cheap Planeswalker. Uh, often, if you play a Planeswalker on three, there's not going to be anything to but, attack it right away. Yeah. So you're kind of safe. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little more at the end. Okay, we're moving on to the multicolored Planeswalkers now. And there are a lot. Because normally you would be like, oh, there's one or two. No, there's like 15. So here we go. <laughs> the first one is a Johnny the Great-Hearted. Two green white for a five loyalty Planeswalker. It says creatures you control have vigilance. Cool. Yeah, fine. Plus one, you gain three life. Ooh, game breaking. <laughs> Negative two, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on on each other Planeswalker you control. Yeah, so you can do that twice. This is definitely a powerful Planeswalker, especially in Super Friends decks. Being able to universally add Planeswalker loyalty counters is very good. Yeah, it, and also there's this thing that happens with Planeswalkers where everyone's paying attention to when it's going to ultimate and calculating, right? So it's like, oh, not going to be able to ultimate for three turns, so I don't need to worry about it. A Johnny comes down out of nowhere and changes the math a lot of times to the point where it's like, oh, they can ultimate, ultimate a right turn now. before you thought they would, mm -hmm. and you're not ready for it at that point, and that can be really powerful. Uh, and you know they know this because they made the other two abilities kind of medio pretty mediocre. Like gain three life, creatures have vigilance, who cares? Yeah. Um, but the fact that he has a plus means that you know, the negative two could be done a third, maybe a fourth time mm -hmm. uh, if, if it's sticking around. Although if you've negative two twice and your Johnny's still around, then you're probably winning that game because either you got your Planeswalkers have a ton of loyalty or your creatures yeah. are all huge. Well, also a lot of times Planeswalkers <clears throat> are at like two and they have a negative two or they're at three and they have a negative three. So Johnny can come down and at least let them use their minus ability again. Domri. Anarch of Bolas. Doesn't want to be picked up. She is holding a giant Bolas horn on an axe type thing. One, a red and a green. We know what side she's fighting for, right? Three, loyalty planeswalker. Creatures you control get plus one, plus oh. Okay. Uh, plus one, add red or green. Creature spells you cast this turn can't be countered. Yeah. And then minus two, target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. So very on brand for what Domri's doing and Gruel. A lot of creature fighting Pumps as well as pumping your creature and then adding a little bit of mana and making your spells uncounterable for your creature spells. Um, It's okay. I think in a Gruel deck, sure. You probably would. You need a lot of creatures. You need a lot of creatures. But I think that it's actually better than it looks. Like giving you some mana mm -hmm. is pretty good. Like at three mana, it's a mana rock. Especially if it can't be attacked right away. Well, everything she does mm -hmm. is relevant, right? Yeah, and, and the fight ability is something that's actually removal a lot of times. Mm -hmm. It's just not a card you generally want to have a card that only does that. But when it's a mode on another card, it tends to come up where it's like, oh, hey, I can kill that thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, Especially if you have, again, red and green, you're going to have some beefy creatures on the board, and they'll be able to smack other things pretty well. Yeah, I think this card is actually decent as far as, like, play it on three. It helps you ramp into other stuff, and once you've got a couple of things out, it helps you remove some other problematic things. Yeah, and the red or green you add can be used for any spell, not necessarily just creature spells. Yeah. So... All right, the next one is the big bad, the headliner. If you mm-hmm. watched, uh, we had a video on IGN that came out and announced this. I think it came out on IGN. Yeah. Um, it's Nicobolus, Dragon God. Oh, boy. A blue. I'm going to sit back and let you read this one. It's blue, black, 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 and red. So five mana total, three of them black for four loyalty Planeswalker. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of in. Very hard to cast. What does it do, Josh? Nicol Bolas has all loyalty abilities of all other Planeswalkers on the battlefield. What? So just has all the abilities of the Planeswalkers out there because he's stolen their sparks. Has three activated abilities. Plus one, you draw a card. Each opponent exiles a card from their hand or a permanent they control. So they get to choose to get rid of one of their cards or something in play. Probably a land, an extra land. Could be a token, could be an extra land in their hand. Yeah. <clears throat> Negative three, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Mm. So just merc something, but we'll be at only one loyalty once uh, he does that. Negative eight, again, comes in with four. Each opponent who doesn't control a legendary creature or planeswalker loses the game. Always powerful to see that on a card. Now, he doesn't have green in it, so if you were to play him in the Super Friends deck with uh, you know, a doubling season, you're going to have to find a way to add green in there. Can't put it in a Traxa. No, but that top ability is what's going to make you want to put it in a five-color Planeswalker deck. Yeah, it just comes out, and there's probably like some stuff you can put together or just give you enough versatility. And there's, you know, so many Planeswalkers have things that add uh, make you help protect yourself. There is another card we revealed in the same IGN uh, video that cares about Bolas. It's the Elder spell, and that oh, yeah. is a way that Nicol Bolas can win you the game immediately because if you can cast that, you can destroy all the Planeswalkers out there, put a ton of loyalty on Nicol Bolas, and if nobody's got a legendary creature, you can immediately... Beep, boop. Or even if one person does, yeah. you're just like, ah, oh, get rid of two of my opponents, probably good enough, have a Bolas still left over with like you know so many loyalties. You even talked about getting rid of your own Planeswalkers if two you have two counters, or three yeah. just to be able to do that, and I think it's probably worth it. If it was like, hey, you have three... Planeswalkers. If you get rid of two of them, you can also get rid of two of opponents. Would you do that? Yeah. Uh, At that point, too, you're you know you're plusing all your planeswalker. Nicol Bolas is also using one of their abilities, and then you kill all of them, add the loyalties onto them, and then if that's not enough to make them ultimate, well, who knows? Yeah. So it seems strong under the right circumstances, but default setting, if you're not doing that broken stuff, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. At least you get to draw a card with him. Um, I do really like. Again, I think planeswalkers are going to be hitting the meta real hard, and so Nicol Bolas kind of goes up in value. He is very hard to cast though. Blue, black, 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 red. He's like cruel ultimatum status. Yeah, true. Rao, Storm Conduit. Two a blue and a red for a four loyalty planeswalker. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, Rao, Storm Conduit deals one damage to target opponent or planeswalker. His plus two is scry one, and his minus two is whenever you when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So a repeatable copier. Yeah, so forks your next spell with the negative two. It's interesting, that static ability, because it says whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery. This is sort of new, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another card that cares about when you copy spells. Yeah. <clears throat> and this opens the door to a lot of sort of broken um, infinite shenanigans. For one thing, Fury Storm is a card a lot of people have been talking about in conjunction with Rao because Fury mm-hmm. Storm is from the latest Commander set, and when you cast it, you copy it for each time you've cast your Commander this game. So 
if you've cast Rao once, you'll cast two Fury Storms when you cast it. And Fury Storm is a fork. So let's say you have Rao out and you cast a, I don't know, anything, right? An opt, mm -hmm. like a one mana spell. Then you cast Fury Storm. You're going to make two copies of Fury Storm. The first copy is going to target the opt. The second copy is going to copy the Fury Storm. Oh, gosh. Which will make two copies of Fury Storm which will copy the Fury Storm, and which will make, make two copies of Fury, Fury Storm, Storm, which will copy the Fury Storm. And therefore, you're casting just an infinite amount of copies, and Rao will deal one damage infinite times to all your opponents. So that's a very easy infinite combo with Rao. Yeah. Um, you can actually do it in Standard. You can do it in Brawl. Yeah. So uh, Double Cast is a card in Brawl that says your next instant or sorcery yep. gets M19. copied. So if you negative Rao... Cast double cast. You'll have two double casts on the stack. Maintain priority. Cast expansion. For anything, right? You cast expansion. No, no. Expansion is you cast the four cast. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you cast that targeting one of the double casts. You let... It's a little complicated. You copy your double cast. Let one resolve. One still on the stack. Now expansion the double cast that's there. And that expansion gets doubled. And when that gets doubled by the first double cast, when that gets doubled, you target the expansion and just it keep doing wee. it. Same thing. Infinite copies. You can also do it with two expansions and like an opt. Well, it um, makes sense. He is storming off right here. He's casting a lot of lightning. It's just the copies together. part that kind of puts it into the realm of like, and there's a million forks. Yeah. So if you have reverberate, 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 reverberate. twin cast, double cast, there's like there's a billion of them, and so the ability to go infinite with Ral is super, super, super easy. Yeah. Um, and he's just going to do a lot of incidental damage, even if you don't, even if you just caught me. You know, even if you just regular storm, storm off, storm right? off, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Because storm usually is like, oh, somehow I cast fifteen spells in a turn. Well, yeah. that's that's a lot. And of storm Rao says damage. copy it for each time you've cast a spell this turn. So yeah, that Rao does care about that. So yeah, I think Rao actually, Rao actually might have modern playability in the storm deck. Who knows? We'll have to ask Alex. I will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will not comment on modern. So I always get Four it wrong. Man planeswalker. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. All right. The next planeswalker is Soren, Vengeful Bloodlord. Two, a white and a black for a four loyalty planeswalker. As long as it's your turn, creatures and planeswalkers you control have lifelink. Cool. Interesting to have planeswalkers lifelink, but I guess Gideon is a creature and Sarkin becomes a dragon. So so is Soren. Yeah. Uh, Soren's plus two. Well, sorry, his ability affects it. His plus two is. Soren deals one damage to target player or planeswalker. So he would have lifelink and you would basically gain a life. life. So yeah. deal one damage, drain a damage from something, uh, player or planeswalker. Negative X, remember, comes in with four loyalty. Return target creature card with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature is a vampire in addition to its other types. So brings back something as a vampire. I was trying to think if there was a creature that... Um, reanimated a planeswalker when it came into play because then you could infinitely oh i see yeah do this but <laughs> I, I don't think, think there is exists, no um it's still like decent value i suppose well, you can get something like an e-witness if you're playing green and jobs yeah. on you know so there are a lot of things that soren can bring back I, I think this card is interesting it's not great again like the fact that you can't do it to a creature i think a lot of these planeswalkers are specifically going against players or planeswalkers that seems to be the theme of the set so far maybe one of the ways they balanced it was make it so they can't protect themselves very well yeah, because if you're gonna have 37 planeswalkers in a set, then all of a sudden, like you have to balance it so that in limited, they don't just grind the table to a halt yeah. every time. So a lot of them are vulnerable to being attacked. Usually, they grind the table to the halt when they start plussing one and creating something that block that blocks for them. So it's like crap. If I don't deal with this, it's just gonna keep going up. But yeah. so many of them just go straight down. It's nice. All right, next up we have Tamio, Collector of Tales, two a green and a blue for a five loyalty planeswalker. Spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause you to discard cards or sacrifice permanents. So anti-Eldrazi in a way. 
Plus one, choose a non-land card name, then reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all cards with the chosen name from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Maybe if you have top or scroll records of these. Yeah, <laughs> or work. maybe if you're not playing singleton. <laughs> Minus three, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Okay. Yeah, so four mana for a E-Witness that she can immediately use it. Um, and could possibly do it again if you can plus and then... Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, yeah, if you can't see the top of your library, you're not going to have much fun with this. Um, I think this card is just okay. Yeah, it's probably... Yeah, it's not that great. Yeah. It's just not efficient enough and too slow. And it doesn't build towards anything huge. Yeah. Oh, another card that's going to break standard. Sweet. This card is really good in, it's, and can be oppressive in Commander too. It's Teferi Time Raveler. He's not unraveling time. He's raveling it. Oh, I don't know what, that Raveler is even a real word. Or at least I didn't until just now. Okay. Magic has made up many words over the years. <laughs> time Raveler. Okay. One white blue, so three mana for a four loyalty Planeswalker. Each opponent can cast spells only anytime they could cast a sorcery. So no more instant speed stuff for your opponents. Uh, one thing we learned from Eli Schifrin is that can't beats can. So yes. if they have a Vidalcan Ori out, but you have Teferi, they Teferi can't wins. cast. Yeah, Teferi wins that battle. The plus one is until your next turn, you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. So gives Vidalcan Ori to your sorceries only. It's not everything. A negative three, return up to one target artifact, creature, or enchantment to its owner's hand, and you draw a card. So bounce something and draw a card. The fact that you can bounce and draw and still keep them at one loyalty is actually very good. Yes, because you can protect it. Yeah, and you can bounce something crazy like an enchantment. Yep. I do want to say, like, each opponent can cast spells only any time they could cast a sorcery. It can be broken because there are cards like Knowledge Pool, mm -hmm. which will make it so that anything your opponent casts, they don't cast that. They cast something else out of the middle, but they have to cast that at instant speed because mm -hmm. of the way the card's worded, in which mm. case it just makes it so only you can cast spells. So there's those kind of shenanigans going on. No, I don't like that. Yeah, as a three-mana <laughs> Planeswalker, that. too, that comes out and you just plus one and then use it, five. use it to make your sorcery is instant speed it's not bad i think this is a decent card uh has enough value on it because worst case scenario three mana bounce something have a one loyalty planeswalker sitting around that hampers your opponents from casting instance is not the worst yeah because you drew a card when you bounce the thing and i think white blue in general has a lot of trouble finding just things to do that's not stacks and stasis so this has a little bit of everything on there um and i think the sorcery spells this flash poses an interesting thing for blue to do, white blue to do it also protects your turn, too. So if you resolve it, you know during your turn now, yeah. for the rest of that turn, you can do whatever you want because nobody can cast any spells during your turn. Yeah. So it's the type of spell like, I think, City of Solitude and some other ones. A lot of people will start off a turn by trying to resolve that. And if they do, now I'm safe to, you know, go off. Go off, potentially win the game. Yeah. All right. Angrath is back, Captain of Chaos, and he's two Rakdos Rakdos. So red, black, red, black. For a five low, he Planeswalker. Creatures you control have Menace. And his minus two is a mass two. So you create a, if you don't have an army, you create a zero, zero army creature token and put two plus one plus one counters on it. So it makes a two, two. And then if you still have it, it makes it into a four, four. Now this is more thematic because it makes your army have menace, which makes sense because there's so many people on it. And it's a mass two. So it's like making two guys. So you have to block with two creatures. Right. Except it only makes one big creature. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Represented by the plus one plus one counters. Uh, Angrath is just okay. Not, yeah, not great. Ashiok, though. This is a pretty cool card. Yeah, I like this one. So Ashiok Dream Render, one and two hybrid Demir mana. So one blue, blue, one black, black, or one blue, black. For a five loyalty Planeswalker, three CMC, five loyalty, pretty good. 
Spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause their controller to search libraries. Hey. So no more tutors. And it says and abilities. No more fetch lands. No more fetch lands. Yeah. No more three rampant mana. growths. This no by more. itself is great. If you land this on three, there's going to be a collective groan from around the table. Yeah, and everyone's turning their... Uh, no more you. solemn simulacrum. No more burnished heart. No more wayfarer's bobble. So much stuff. Negative one only has negative ability. Target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard, then exile each opponent's graveyard. So that's really great too. Yeah, I actually think exile each opponent's graveyard is pretty useful and something that is not easy to find on this. Do we mention it's repeatable? And you can find that ability, but it's just that, right? So this, the fact that it's like, yeah, I get to exile everybody's graveyard and it sits around stopping you from tutoring and is really annoying is like pretty powerful. And landing this on three is just can be backbreaking to certain decks. Can't I've seen, su- yeah. I it, mean, it, CEDH probably uh, is going to, because so much of competitive EDH is tutoring for the pieces to combo out and win. Yeah, or like dredging like crazy and putting everything into your graveyard. Yep. You know, you play one Bajuka bug. It's like, cool, I've, I've seen that happen when someone plays it and the person's like, great, my turn, I mill 40 more cards out of my library. Yeah. It didn't mean anything. So the fact that Asha can do it multiple times and she comes up with five loyalty and only goes down one, I think this card's actually really good. Yeah. And it's totally possible that you play it and just don't activate the ability and just let it sit there stopping tutoring. Yeah, 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 yeah true. All right, next up we got Dovin, Hand of Control. By the way, he has six fingers, as all the Dawkins do. We noticed. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. Oh, gosh. <laughs> my name is Dovin, Hand of Control. Stop saying that. Two, and an Azorius for a five loyalty planeswalker. And his static abilities artifact, instant, and sorcery spells your opponents cast one more to cast. So white blues doing the staxy things as always. His yep. minus one until your next turn prevent all damage that will be dealt to and dealt by target permanent and opponent control. So it's kind of uh, that's actually cool. It locks down damage specifically, but it also makes it that you can't deal damage to that permanent either. So it's like a great blocker, bad attacker. Yeah, and it has to be your opponent as well. By so the way, Dovin, do yeah, Dovin is 100% flying on the Thopter in this thing. So he's actually looking pretty pretty cool six fingers he's doing live long and prosper the 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 vidalcan version yeah the vidalcan way and he's making it so all everybody's spells cost more to cast i mean yeah it's fine in a stack deck, i think it's good it's, it's cool if you can lock down a creature like that as well um there's a lot of decks that are just like looking for as many type effects that make it hard for your opponents to cast to cast spells as yeah. possible and dovin kind of adds to that good job dovin i guess is it good it's not my favorite stacks yeah well look you play stasis too you just do that <laughs> yeah well the deck with stasis also has that yes <laughs> okay next one is huatli the sun's heart two and a hybrid celestia so two a green or two and a white seven loyalty three mana seven loyalty i noticed the green ones tend to have higher loyalty when they come in it makes sense green is the color of growth i guess so each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Oh. So Arcades or Doran, we've seen a lot of the butt-fighting uh, cards yeah. lately. And and there's a critical mass already where you can make those decks. So this is just another component. A lot of dinosaurs have really high toughness too. The negative three, and it's our only ability, is you gain life equal to the greatest toughness among creatures you control. Honestly, you probably you probably don't even play this in Doran and Arcades because your commander already gives the top ability. Yeah, it would only be if you know that your commander gets removed a lot and you just need a couple of redundant effects of that nature. Um, but I don't necessarily, unless, again, the life gain is also something you could but weaponize you have, or use. Um, you already have, you know, the enchantment versions of those. Yeah, for, yeah. Formation. Assault formation. Assault formation. And then high alert is another yeah. one. And so, like, do you really need a planeswalker that can get attacked that does it? I guess, I think probably at this point, we've got enough of that that Hawatli's redundant in a bad way because she can be attacked. Yeah. Bye, Hawatli. <laughs> 
Bye, Hawatley. Bye. Now, Kaya is back as the Bane of the Dead this time. Three and then three uh, um, uh, Orzovs. So three and then white, black, white, black, white, black. I won't go through the variations. Seven loyalty planeswalker. So six mana, seven loyalty. Your opponents and permanents your opponents control with hexproof can be the targets of spells and abilities you control as though they didn't have hexproof. So glaring spotlight. And her minus three is to exile target creature. Why can't it cost five? Because I want it to work against Narset. I guess it doesn't matter. Right. Narset just comes down and attacks the turn she comes into play every time. Yeah. Or they don't cast her. So the Planeswalker could never catch her. So it's a six mana exile target creature. And then you also have the ability to strip Hexproof away, which I thought when I first started playing EDH was super relevant and super important. And very quickly I've learned that it doesn't matter as much. I mean, there are definitely times where you're like, boy, I wish that thing didn't have Hexproof. But in general... It's, it's like, just not worth having an entire card. Yeah, and when like you're losing to a four-card combo, you don't care if one of them has Hexproof. Right. You, you have to get rid of a lot of different things. So Yeah, it definitely comes up. It's just hard to predict in any given game whether it will. And so, yeah. 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 I mean, in that case, Kaya still does get rid of something, though. Yeah, but, but six it's six mana. mana. Yeah, too much. Ugh. I like this next one a lot. It's Kiora, Behemoth Beckoner. Two and a hybrid Simic. This might be the best uncommon Planeswalker, I think. I think it probably is. It's seven loyalty, so again, three mana, seven loyalty. Whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Cool. It's already pretty good. And then negative one, untap target permanent. The three favorite words in your vocabulary. So powerful because it's rampant card draw on a card, right? Yeah, and it's target permanent. You can target something that is very powerful. Gilded Lotus, yeah. a bounce land, Gaia's Cradle. Loyalty, so you can do this six to seven times. I mean, every And you're turn. playing the deck with huge creatures, so it's going to be hard to get through to you probably, mm -hmm. right? Because you're going to have all four power or greater as much as you can. Yeah, this actually does everything we want. It has card draw and mana ramp on it. There's very little downside to it to me because it costs two, basically, and that's that's the worst-case scenario. Because you're untapping something as soon as it comes in, which could be the land. It could also it. be a soul ring, a grim monolith, yeah. a mana crypt, a mana vault. There's a million things that tap for more than one, but let's say it's just one. It still only costs two mana for her. And then she does it again the next turn. You've already basically made your money back, quote-unquote. Yeah. And it won't be that hard to draw one card. And people aren't going to feel the need as much to, like, we got to get rid of that thing. Like, yeah. you know, I, I think they will want to, but it's not emergency because it doesn't have an ultimate. I'm wondering if this is the best Planeswalker in the set now for us. I mean, it's not the most broken. It doesn't do what, like, the Narsets do and the Rals do, right? Like, when right. you combo uh, yeah, with other yeah. cards. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, but it might be the most universe, like, the most broad in its application. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you're not doing certain things, then those other cards are, are not usable at all. But at their most powerful, they're way more powerful than Kiora. Right. All right, Nahiri, Storm of Stone, two, and Boros Boros. So red, white, red, white. Kind of doing a, there's something about Mary imitation here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Six loyalty planeswalker. As long as it's your turn, creatures you control have first strike and equip abilities you activate cost one less to activate. She's also very on brand, isn't she? Mm -hmm. And her minus X, Nahiri, deals X damage to target tapped creature. Man, she hates tapped creatures. I know. It's always tapped creatures. It's too conditional. This card is not good. Yeah. Why couldn't it do the have to do with the thing where you can equip it instant speed, too? That'd be cool. Because I think that would help it a lot. Yeah, but again, it's an uncommon. So it's a, it's a four-mana, six-loyalty Planeswalker that, in general, will probably kill something, and that's about it. And right. make equip costs. We're almost done here. We've got three left. We actually accidentally skipped Tezzeret. We'll go to him at the end because oh, yeah. he's the buy box promo, and we don't actually have the card. Okay. Sahili, Sublime Artificer. Sublime. One and two hybrid is it. Three mana for a five loyalty planeswalker. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, 
creates a 1-1 colorless servo artifact creature token. Then her negative two, target artifact you control becomes a copy of another target artifact or creature you control until end of turn, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. So you can cast an artifact, create a servo, then turn that servo into a copy of either an artifact or creature you control. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that flavor a lot. She's, you know, she was an inventor at the, the fair. Um, until end of turn, but you could, for a minus two, get a mana ramp through making it a Guild of Lotus. Um, do you need two Paradox Engines? I mean... Yeah? If I you mean, get double on top of everything, sure, you stack the Sure, but triggers. one's usually enough, but sure. sure yeah, 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 yeah. Two but, part Panharmonicons or something might be good. Yeah. Um, just at three mana, I think she's actually pretty good. It just, might be worth it to just play it, copy your Gilded Lotus, just get three extra mana from her, something like that. Yeah. Also, you can do the Worm Coil engines and the whatevers of the and world, then, too. Yeah, and also copies it. any creature, so it could be... It doesn't have to be an artifact, right? Right, 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 so right. Actually, yeah, that's true. It could become another huge, very powerful creature. Yeah, if you have, like, a... I don't know. What's a big non-legendary creature that you could copy? Like, you know, Void Winner type stuff. You don't need two Void oh, Winners, though. But, like, you know, something... It That Betrays, maybe? Yeah, give it haste. If you have it, that in. Betrays out, though, you're probably winning again. <laughs> I've, I've played a game oh, I've recently. I've definitely lost games where I've gotten it that betrays out. Yeah, yeah. well, it's like 12 mana. Here's my thing. Everyone's like, now you die. Yeah. <laughs> you have no more turns left, good <laughs> sir. All right, Samut Tyrant Smasher is back. Uh, she's looking very angry, especially after what happened on the Hamonquette. Yeah, she's uh, looking mad. Two Gruel Gruel, four mana for a five low T Planeswalker. Creatures you control have haste. I can always use more of that in my life. And her minus one is target creature gets plus two, plus one, and gains haste until end of turn, and then you scry one. I think this is actually not too bad. Giving a creature haste now already, of course, they're going to have haste because she's out. Right. But the scry one means that in Gruul, she's giving you a tiny bit of card advantage, and she comes at five loyalty, so you can do this a few times. Yeah. I don't know. If I want haste, then I want anger or a, a, an enchantment that I'd rather have. Um, what oh, was the, the enchantment, enchantment that gives oh, creatures riot? riot? Yeah, I that think that's one. probably something better. Called, something of the wild, yeah. and it makes them uncounterable, and it's you, it's harder to get rid of because it's enchantment. So I think yeah. that that's just doing what she's doing better than I what love she, that how card, she's doing. Yeah, yeah, riot, Ugh. rhythm of the wild, rhythm of the wild. Yeah. All right, two to go. Vraska swarms eminence. That's a name. Two and two <laughs> hybrid Golgari. So four mana total for five loyalty. Whenever a creature you control with Death Touch deals damage to a player or Planeswalker, Wink. put a 1-1 counter on that creature. So Death Touch Tribal, interesting. I don't think we've seen that yet. Death Touch Tribal, yeah, a bunch of rats. Put them all in there. Negative two. Again, she starts with five loyalty, so she can do this twice. Create a 1-1 black assassin creature token with Death Touch, and whenever this creature deals damage to a Planeswalker, destroy that Planeswalker. So any amount of damage from the Assassin will assassinate the Planeswalker. Mm -hmm. That's cool flavor. Also, it has Death Touch, so it will get plus one, plus one when it deals the damage and grow. Um, she can make two of these without proliferate or any other shenanigans. Eh. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you really like Death Touch, it is a very annoying ability, and it's a, in Golgari, I could see this being in a token deck, one that wants to like poke someone down. In the new environment we're probably about to go into where there's just in general more planeswalkers out there this could be better for a while yeah before that kind of finds its level and we get back to normalcy yeah maybe at the very least death touch creatures do trade very well in magic the gathering they make so. it does protect yourself right like you yeah. make a death toucher and they're probably not going to attack into it because they don't want to trade their real creature for your token generally mm -hmm. um Flyers don't care, obviously. And again, the fact that she has no ultimate does help in the fact that, like, they don't feel an immediate need to just get rid of her. Yeah. Like, eh, you can use that one more time. That's not that bad. It's not like it's going to go on forever. So, yeah. All right. Let's talk about the buy a box promo for the set. 
Tezzeret, Master of the Bridge, for a blue and a black for a five loyalty planeswalker. Uh, and uh, he says artifacts and creatures you control have oh, yeah. affinity. Yes, sorry, I didn't write that down. <laughs> uh, affinity is very powerful. It basically reduces mana costs. Um, Josh will get the exact text here in a second. But yeah, it reduces mana costs based on how many artifacts you have on the battlefield. Which we've seen, there are full decks in modern that are all about affinity. The fact that it's a, a static ability on a planeswalker that gives it to your stuff is actually pretty good. I think that's uh, something we haven't really seen before, right? It, at least not in enchantment form. Yeah, it says creature and planeswalker spells you have. Oh, uh, planeswalkers, right. Or you cast have affinity for artifacts. So yeah. it reduces the colorless, or yeah. sorry, the generic mana, mana cost, cost yeah. by the amount of artifacts you have, which means if I have five artifacts in play, and I'm playing a creature like Craterhoof Behemoth, mm -hmm. it will only cost three mana rather than uh, its eight man its normal eight mana. And Karn would cost two mana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there are things like um, artifact lands mm -hmm. and you know treasure tokens and everything else that would combine to make this like pretty easily. All my spells cost like five less or something yeah, crazy. Steel yeah, Citadel. Uh, his plus two Tezzeret deals X damage to each opponent, where X is the number of artifacts you control. You gain X life. That's actually pretty good. Again, to each opponent. Yeah, that's almost like a Kakusho, right? If you do it for five, everyone takes five and you gain five. Not 15, but... Yeah. Uh, his minus three, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. Also not bad. And his minus eight, a very typical Planeswalker ultimate, exile the top 10 cards of your library, put all artifact cards from among them onto the battlefield. Very good, but not necessarily game-winning. I think... He does plus two, though, which is pretty good. And the Mycosynth Lattice thing would totally work, right? Mm -hmm. You put that out, all your lands and everything else that you've got out, enchantments, everything, are artifacts, and then you plus, and you could be easily doing, like, 15 damage to everybody or something yeah, crazy. Yeah. If you get Smothering Tithe, that kind of... Revel and Riches is in these colors. Um, get a lot of treasures as well, and those will count towards your artifact count. Yeah, yeah you could you could merc everybody. This, you know, I've been in a game where somebody had 128 treasures. <laughs> It was Olivia. It was not you. Gobert Hicks, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd managed this Cyclonic Rift before we all died, but it was touch and go there for a minute. Um, so I think this is very powerful in the right deck, and obviously it's going to be a artifact-based deck, but yeah, seems seems great in those instances because, you know, the worst-case scenario of you play it and you get a grave, uh, artifact from your graveyard to your hand is not bad. Not bad at Six all. Six mana, so. Yep. But All yeah, right. if, if you're playing it, de doming everybody for, for 12 to 15 and gaining 12 to 15, that's pretty good. Yeah. And I, then he sits there at seven loyalty. Very hard to deal to with. do it again. Not to mention you play him and then you might be able to just play half your hand out for free based on how you built your deck. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's a really good point. I'm not even, I'm totally discounting the, the discount the on affinity, the mana. Yeah. 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 yeah it could very easily be like play him, dump four things out, plus sit there at seven loyalty. I just did. 12 damage to everybody, gain 12 life, and there's no obvious way to get at him. I'm going to do that again next turn for even more. Yeah. Whew. I like good. I like him as well. I like him. All right, so... Oh, so... Before we get into our final discussion, we I wanted to do the... Um, what's the best new Planeswalker in the set? So let's look through the list here really quick, and we're going to decide what each of us thinks is the best new Planeswalker in the set. This is a hard one, actually. I'm going to just say Jiang Yanggu Wildcrafter, obviously. <laughs> or Sarkin the Masterless. Um, you know, I think it's pretty... Wait, 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 wait don't say it. Oh, okay. Pick it, and it? then we'll do three, two, one, and we'll both we'll both do it. Okay. Um, I think I have my choice. Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, Tezzeret. Ral, Storm Conduit. Okay. I can see Rao being the most powerful, for sure. Yeah, just because I think he has win on him. And... 
men, much redundancy for the way he wins, right? Yeah. There's at least and 10 can, cards that fork. And he can make it so you copy the next spell as well. So I can Which see Which is just Ralph. good in general, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's best in a very specific kind of way. I personally am a big fan, of course, of the Cura, just yep. because I think that's just a very good card that can go into a lot of decks. And overall, you're, you're going to be able to use that untapped target permanent ability a lot. Yeah, I think Cure is probably, like I said, the most sort of... It depends on how you define best, because if best is the most powerful, or at its most powerful, yeah. then I think Ral or Tezzeret is up there. Maybe uh, Teferi is, is on Teferi's that list. Up there too, yeah. Um, but I think if you define best as most useful in the most different ki- kinds of decks, then mm. Kiora might be it. It's just definitely not Tibble, <laughs> unfortunately. All right, so before we go here, I want to have a quick discussion because we've got 37 Planeswalkers coming into the game that have never been there before, and they're going to be from the newest set. So these are going to be cards people have. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is going to change the landscape of EDH at all? In the short term, 100%. So... We're also getting close to when the commander sets are coming out. So I think Planeswalkers, again, are such a huge part of the magic storyline that we're just going to see more and more cards around that theme. And we have cards now that tutor up Planeswalkers that we'll talk about in the regular set review. So I I think we're going to see a lot more, at least guaranteed on the casual side, definitely more so. Maybe on the competitive side, it'll sprinkle in a little bit, but... So the question is, should people be running more stuff that's like good against Planeswalker? Should they get ready for this this change that we think is probably going to happen? And by that, I mean like there's a lot of stuff you might not play now that are good against Planeswalkers. And if you're expecting to see a lot more of them, you might want Lightning Bolt in your deck. Or you mm-hmm. might want some low CMC creatures or creatures with haste or evasion. You might want to play more Thief of Blood or Vampire Hexmage, um, the Elder Spell. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Elder Spell is like... If you're playing a black deck, you play it, or are you, like... You need to have at least a one Planeswalker in your deck if you're going to play it. Or at least, no, maybe you need even two, because... So you don't think just destroying Planeswalkers is worth it? You have to be able to get the loyalty onto your thing? Yeah, because I I just think if you're going into an unknown environment... Actually, you know what, it's... If your deck has enough card draw, then having one potentially dud card, I think is fine. Because there are a lot of cards in my decks that will not do anything against particular metas. Right. But I have enough card draw or whatever to like, make Like, is sure it I'm that not. different than a destroy target enchantment card, which is like most games, almost we'll all of them. Yeah. But in general, like, it's possible that that's a dead card at some point in the game. Well, sometimes Wrath of God just sucks in games too because no one's that's playing creature decks. So I think, I think, yeah, I think if you're running black, you should. You should try and put the Elder Spell in there, especially if you have Planeswalkers that have good ultimates. Probably especially for the next, like, six to nine months. Yeah. Because a few more sets are going to come out, and I feel like, you know, people are going to be really excited about these Planeswalkers. Try them out. A lot of them are not going to be that great. They'll get pulled, and then we'll settle back into a meta for EDH that's similar to what we have now with slightly more Planeswalkers. Yeah. But in the short term, in the next few months, there's going to be a lot more Planeswalkers, I think, just seeing you know they're just on the battlefield more for a little while yeah because proliferate's also back and i think a lot of people are going to put those cards in there as well i think out of all the colors we talked about each color has at least one planeswalker that is viable in commander um and so that means that you know at the very least there's probably about nine to ten planeswalkers i think people will be like yeah i'm gonna put this in my deck and a lot of people are just gonna be like i don't know i'm gonna jam like five or six just because that seems fun yeah i'm not gonna worry too much about do they work together perfectly we'll definitely see more uh super friends decks i think finally All right, well, it's just something to think about out there. There are a bunch of cards that deal with Planeswalkers. I think I would still generally want to do the ones that are either devastating against Planeswalkers, like the Elder Spell, or are otherwise still good. So I don't yeah. think I'm running like... You know Lightning Bolts, but I think you do generally want more lowest CMC creatures in, in Commander these days. So, All right, to the listeners, are you going to alter any of your decks at all uh, to have more ways to deal with Planeswalkers because of War of the Spark? Um, and also, are there 
any planeswalker interactions or anything to do with the planeswalkers that we talked about today yep. that you know you see any cool combos or synergies we didn't talk about we would love to hear about those in the comments and i'm sure everybody else out there would like to hear your cool uh brewing ideas as well i want to hear them i also want to see them in action and the only way you're going to get them into action is by getting the cards themselves by heading on over to our affiliate link at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. You can order stuff and boy, do they deliver quickly. We just had someone comment from Germany who's like, I've always used this, but then I use Card Kingdom and I, it arrived faster than like one that's like in my own home country. So thank you guys so much. Card Kingdom does an amazing job. They do ship internationally to select countries. So make sure you use that affiliate link and support the show. Yeah, you can pre-order all the War of the Spark stuff right now if you want a booster box or you want singles. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is available on the Some website. stuff will go up and some yeah. stuff will go down. So if you're a savvy buyer, you can actually get a great deal on some stuff. So get on it. Uh, and the other way to support the show is to support our second sponsor, which is Ultra Pro. Again, they have sweet play mats. I love this Liliana one. It's so good. Yeah, it's sweet. And they have, this is the um, stained glass window art. They have a bunch of Nicol Bolas ones that we've seen. They're going to have the themed sleeves and deck bosses and everything else. And so when you build your cool Super Friends deck, well, you probably want to have some Planeswalkers on your the stuff the other stuff on your battlefield planeswalkers on planeswalkers all right now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic i got it okay sweet all right so if you are fans of podcasts which you probably are if you're listening or watching this show you will also be a fan of a new podcast i started listening to recently that's done by my brother actually uh it is called dungeons and daddies it is not a bdsm, BDSM podcast. podcast yeah <laughs> So my brother, Freddie Wong, alongside his, uh, they also do a podcast called Story Break um, about, they take like ideas and turn them into movies. Like what would Monopoly the movie be? So right. him, Will Campos, and Matt Arnold are on the show. They're all people that were involved in the creation of Video Game High School. Yes. Uh, and Beth May as well. And the Dungeon Master, or as he refers to himself in the show as the Daddy Master, is Anthony Birch, who is someone that is known for writing for games like Borderlands 2. He's actually... Like um, Legends. Yeah, very, very, very good, uh, talented uh, DM. He's also part of um, Ashley Birch's YouTube channel. Yes. Hey, Ash, is, what you plan? Yeah, that's it. Hop. Uh, but it's the story of four dads who lose their sons and get magically teleported into a mythical realm. And it's great. All the dads are very distinct personalities. Freddie plays a dad called Glenn Close, who is a uh, a washed out but you know former rocker in, in a very famous band in the eighties. Uh, Matt plays a guy named Daryl something, uh, who is just like the alpha, typical live at home alpha male like soccer coach dad. Um, Will plays uh, oh I forgot his name, but he's a like an, a earthy, crunchy, wears Birkenstocks and loves granola kind of dad. And Beth May plays uh, Ron Stampler, who's just a deadbeat uh, stepdad. And they're all taking their kids to a soccer game, and they get transported into a world. And it is very funny. It is, however, rated R. They swear a lot in there, and they also talk about some more. I mean, they, it's called Dungeons and Days, not a BDSM podcast. So they do go more into the vulgar range occasionally. But if you're old enough and appreciate that kind of humor, I've had a blast listening to it. And I feel like Critical funny. Role in that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, only six the episodes Pact, right now. Yes. In. Yeah, and yeah. Ruben does that as well. So if you guys want to check that out, you can find it in your podcast app under Dungeons and Daddies. All right. Awesome. And if you want to check out another awesome podcast, we're just podcast advertising podcasts. one after another yeah. here. Yeah. You, you should, like podcasts? You so like podcasts? We. we know you do. You should check out the Masters of Modern. Alex Kessler, who was on uh, an episode with us here recently, mm -hmm. and Ben Bateman, they talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. If you want to find out which of these planeswalkers is going to make a splash in modern, 
they are the guys to ask. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. You can find them on YouTube. Just type Masters of Modern into your search bar. They're also available right next to us at Collected.Company. Our editors, now we have three of them. We're just going to say them all out, are Ashlyn Rose. Ashlyn. Josh Murphy. Murph. And Jared Lafreniere. I think it's Lafreniere. Yeah, I asked him if it had the French pronunciation, and I don't think it did. Jared Lafreniere. Sorry, Jared. We'll pronounce it better next time. Lafreniere. <laughs> and, of course, Terry Robertson doing work on Game Nights as well. So thanks to those guys. And, of course, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the Living Card animations that we see behind us on screen, as well as the intro and outro of the video versions of the show, which you can find at youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. And you can find Jeffrey, of course, at Living Cards MTG. On Twitter, it's a celebration. We're Thanks done. Thanks for watching, everybody. With half of the set review. The other part of it will be either up before this one or after. We're not sure. We're not sure. Probably but after. Check it out. War of the Spark, great set. Can't wait to talk about more cards. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.